Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. You could go ahead and receive the offering. And if you could welcome our lead pastor, Joe Source. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Thank you, worship team. Welcome, everybody. So glad that you're here this weekend. Um, let's, let's pray. Let's pray before we get into the message. Father, we're so grateful, Lord God, that we can call you God, that we can call you Father. That you, Lord God, through your abundance of love, abundance of grace, abundance of mercy, Father, you've called us into this relationship with yourself through your son, Jesus. And it cost him his blood. It cost him his life. It cost him much suffering to be able to bring us back into that place of right standing with yourself, Father. And Lord, I pray this weekend as this message goes forth, that it would create a sense of gratitude, true gratitude, true thanksgiving for the abundance that you have showered us with, Father. The abundance that's found in salvation, the abundance that's found in the peace that we have through a relationship with you. Father, the abundance of, of your goodness and your faithfulness that you have showered us with in this life, Father. And Lord, we, we can't even imagine the abundance that you have awaiting us, Father when we get to heaven, when we're in that place with you, face to face, seeing your glory, experiencing your presence, God, with nothing separating us ever again. So we bless you, and we thank you, and we give you all the glory, the honor, and praise, and thanksgiving that's due to your name. Thank you for blessing us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So last weekend, we, st we started to study on the subject of abundance as it pertains to the nature and the character of God. You know, God always does things in a spectacular way. He is extravagant. He's, he, he is the very um, personification of generosity, of extravagance, of, of just going over the top in everything that he does. And I know you could agree in your life that you've experienced that extravagant love, that extravagant grace and mercy and just his goodness and his faithfulness towards us. Amen? Amen? His love, his mercy, his commitment to us are always over the top. And, and think about this. Think about this. Everything we just mentioned about him. Now think about this. He created you and I in his image and in his likeness, which means there should be something about us that breathes, projects, and just demonstrates the abundance of his grace and the abundance of his goodness and the abundance of his generosity. We need to be generous with our lives. I'm not, I'm not talking about money. As soon as you mention generosity and things like this, people might think about money. You know, just because a person has money, there's no way they're going to be generous. How do you think they got it? But we need to be generous with our hearts, generous with our life, generous with who we are, generous with our, 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 our just um, friendship and relationship. Generous, generous, gracious. Amen? Amen? And in following this pattern of thought, there should, be, there should not be anything 
normal about us. There should be nothing average about us. His church should be an extension of his abundance. Now, in speaking about John the Baptist, this is what Jesus said. Listen, listen to this. I thought this was a, a very interesting verse of scripture. It's recorded for us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. Speaking about John the Baptist, Jesus said, As surely I say to you, among those, those born of woman, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But watch this now. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I don't know if you grasped the depth of what he said. Let, let, me, let me just paraphrase it this way. Jesus is saying, among, among natural men and women, those not yet born again, of, the, of, of those born before the kingdom of God came to earth in the form of Jesus, John is the greatest of that dispensation, of that time period. He's talking about from Adam's time until John the Baptist's time. He said, John the Baptist is the greatest among those. But he said, in this new species of born-again, spirit-filled man, he said, the least one is greater than John. That's saying something. Because you and I belong to that species he's talking about. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We're talking about abundance. We're talking about just over-the-top greatness and potential. 1 Peter 2, 9. But ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And I, and I like this part, a peculiar people. Turn to somebody and say, you sure are peculiar. <laughs> but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people for this reason, that ye should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There is a reason that you are not normal. There is a reason that you're not average. There is a reason that you are peculiar. That is to demonstrate the abundance of the kingdom of God, his goodness, his greatness, his faithfulness, his abundance. Peculiar, strange, odd, out of the ordinary, not your usual. In comparison to the world system and secular society, we're supposed to stand out in order to be able to demonstrate who we belong to, which kingdom we come from. There should be something different about our love. There should be something different about our peace. There should be something different over the top about our joy. They should be abundant, overflowing, contagious, contagious, so we can show forth the praises of the one who rescued us. The whole reason you exist is to show forth the praises of the one who rescued us. You catching this? Consider this. I know I mentioned this last weekend. I, I, want, I want to kind of bring it back a little bit this weekend. Because I know this firsthand. Every time God gave a project to anyone in the Bible, it required abundance. An abundance of grace. An abundance of faith. An abundance of wealth. An abundance of anointing. Because you don't do anything for God without anointing. An abundance of zeal. It's going to take some courage. It's going to take some... Uh, abundance of prayer. And sometimes an abundance of material things. We live in a world where there's a lot of needs, a lot of natural needs, a lot of people in need. 
And it's very difficult for people in need to listen to a message when their bellies are hungry. When they're thinking about where their next loaf of bread's gonna come from. And we got it, we got it made in this country. I don't care. I mean, the, the worst in our country live better than some people in other countries. But, but, you know, we're still responsible for people overseas. We're still rep- responsible for sharing the love of Jesus. Now, that went over real big. I said we're still responsible for sharing the love of Jesus. And if that love is in the form of a loaf of bread, then let's go buy some bread. You know, some of you might remember many years ago, we had a season where we were sending out teams to a lot of different parts of our communities. And one of those communities was in a big apartment complex where there was a lot of single moms and a lot of people that were hurting, a lot of people that, you know, wished they could get out of those apartments, but they couldn't because that's all they could afford, you know? And so we, we, we put teams together and we said to those teams, we got, I'll never forget the first day we sent everybody out. We said, we're sending you out, but we're not sending you out empty handed. We had bags of groceries, loaves of bread, boxes of donuts and cookies because there's, there's children in those apartments. So when you knock on the door and you knock on the door empty handed and you tell people, you know, just want to talk to you about Jesus because he's got an awesome plan for his life. Then there's a big difference when you knock on somebody's door and you're holding bags of groceries and you say, listen, we're here to bless you. Can we help you? Can you use some extra grocery? Can you use some? You got little children back there giggling in the background. Would they like some donuts? Swing wide, O door. Say, was that what it's going to take to preach the gospel? Yeah, if that's what it takes to preach the gospel, we'll put as many boxes of groceries and cookies and donuts. We'll buy out Dunkin' Donuts if that's what it's going to take. Generosity, abundance. How do you tell people about an abundant God and you're empty-handed? You don't do that. Jesus himself required all of these things in abundance, anointing, prayer, faith, grace. You know, we seem to forget something, and, it's, and, I, and, I, and I, I've made it part of my life's mission to constantly remind the church, constantly remind us of one thing. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, yes? yes. Was, yes. is, yes. always will be. But on the earth, did he operate as the Son of God? No. Did he operate as God? No. no. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that he put aside his divine nature. And he operated on this earth as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Pastor, why is that so important? Here's why it's important. See, because if you don't get that deep in your spirit, deep in your heart, the enemy will whisper in your ear, well, you see, you're not God. You're not Jesus. You can't do these things. Oh, you're right. I'm not God. I am not Jesus in God. I am a child of God, anointed with the Holy Spirit, with the grace of God on me and the Holy Ghost in me. Just like Jesus, that I can do. You didn't get it. That I can do. See, I can follow his example of Jesus of Nazareth, anointed by the Holy Ghost, who came to heal all who were oppressed of the enemy, for God was with him. I can do that. I can, you can do that. Turn to somebody and say, you can do that. Amen. 
But Jesus himself required all of these things in abundance. He required the grace of God. And it was both on him and through him. It flowed through him. Guess what? The grace of God is both on you and it's supposed to flow through you to everybody else around you. You know, in a real way, once we experience salvation, I hope you're catching this. Once we experience salvation in a real way, the grace of God that's on our life is really not for us. It's supposed to be on us so that it can flow through us to others. Are you catching this? He operated in the God kind of faith, and that's why he's able to do the, way, the things that he did. He is the anointed one. I just, just quoted the scripture, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. You see, you see it says Jesus of Nazareth. It doesn't say Jesus of heaven. Amen. Are you catching that? Amen. It says Jesus of what? Amen. Nazareth. Referring to his human side. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with, with the Holy Spirit and with power, with the Holy Spirit and with power, with the Holy Spirit and with who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So, so, so getting people healed, especially getting them out from under oppression, is a good thing according to this scripture. Yes or no? Yes. He had passion for the plan of God. That's what fueled everything that he did. And Jesus operated in abundance so that he could bring us abundant life to every single one of us. It's God's desire for every one of his children to live an extraordinary life, an abundant life, abundant in purpose, abundant in peace, abundant in provision. Why? Because it takes provision to get things done. Hallelujah. I said it takes provision to get things done. So he gave the disciples an impossible task to carry out. It's just the way God is. He never gives us anything easy to accomplish. Like I said last weekend, if God has spoken something to you, it's probably going to be frightening. And it's probably going to most likely be impossible to do in, his own, in your own strength so that you rely on his strength, so that you rely on his grace. Listen to this, Matthew 28, 18. Well, I'm going to start in verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to, to the mountain where Jesus had appointed for them. When he saw them, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authorities be given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go, therefore, and make. Go, therefore, and make. Turn around to somebody. Go, therefore, and make. Don't just go. Go, therefore, and make. Produce. Produce. You're a seed. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 8 that every seed reproduces after its own kind. Amen. Go and reproduce. Go and make disciples of all nations. And honestly, where we live, we don't have to travel far to make disciples of all nations. We've got all kinds of people around, all kinds of people in our midst, all kinds of people, different ethnic backgrounds, different cultures. We reach them, and then they reach their families. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You really caught it that time. I said, we reach them and then they reach their families. Yeah. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things. Teaching them. That's part of God's abundance. 
is that he places something in your heart. He places a message in your heart. He places an ability in your heart to be able to you know, do is open the book and read. Pastor, I don't know if I could do. I don't know if I could teach. I don't know if I could do. I don't know if I could lead that connect group. I don't know if I could lead that Bible study. I don't know if I could teach in, in the a children's church. Just get to read what he already wrote. What do you think I'm doing? I'm just reading what he already wrote. I may spice it up a little bit. I may put some of my personality in there. That's all I'm doing. If I could do it, you could do it. teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then it got even better in Mark chapter 16. See, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 is Mark's version of Matthew 28. He filled in the rest of the words that Matthew didn't put down. And he, Jesus said to them, go into, world, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he he who does not believe will be condemned. And I love verse 17, all the way down to verse 18. Is this the thing that that lights my heart on fire? And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover promise from the words in the mouth of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus purposely commanded them to do something impossible so that it would require them to depend on the abundance of his grace. And it would require them to walk in an abundance of faith. When you will walk in an abundance of faith, you can be guaranteed that you're going to see an abundance of grace because faith is what pulls the trigger for grace to just show up on the scene. Oh, I don't know if you got a hold of that. Faith is the trigger. You want to see abundant grace in your life? Then display abundant faith. It is your faith that goes forth that triggers the grace of God. You placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You spoke with your mouth. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. What would you do? You pulled the trigger of faith. You exchanged your faith. He in turn, bam, released his grace on your life. Everything else works the same way. Abundance. Abundance. Our lives have been affected abundantly by the abundant grace made to us, made available to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Romans is an amazing, amazing book. If we didn't have the rest of the Bible, all all you need is a book of Romans. Get you to heaven, get you on fire. Get you walking straight. Get you walking right. Everything you need is in that book. If you don't know how to read, where should I read, Pastor? Go to the book of Romans. Go to the book of Romans. Study that. Listen to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 9. Much more than having been justified, it's already done, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him, through Jesus. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I I believe this phrase much more appears four or five times just in this chapter. What does much more mean? Abundance. Abundance. Now, much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
through whom we have now received the reconciliation. In other words, we're back in right standing with God because of Jesus. There's no longer a fear that if we were to, to stand in his presence that we would get just nuked. You know, we, we, we do not really appreciate our relationship with the Father now in this age. Because you see, when, when God placed his presence in that little box, in, in that golden box, which they then took and put in this little 15 by 15 by 15 room inside the temple, nobody could get close to him for fear that they would lose their lives. In fact, some of you probably know the story that the high priest who would go into that room once a year with fear and trepidation. You talk about a person of faith. But they used to tie a rope to his leg. Because if, some, if this guy's got any sin in his life, when he walks in that room, guess what? Who's going to go get him? Are you? You're going to walk in there. You hear a thunderclap in there, and he, ah, uh, and he's on, and you hear, and you hear, done. I'm not going in. So they used to tie a rope to one of his legs, and you know, there's a reason why they had little bells on the bottom of their robes. Go study it out. God gave him a direction. Hey, listen, I know you guys put bells on the bottom of his robe, because as long as you keep hearing them bells ringing, everything's okay. But as soon as the bells stop, Somebody better tug on that rope. But you see, you and I don't have to tie bells to the bottom of our clothes anymore. Because we've been saved by the wrath, by the blood from the wrath of God. Then nobody got to tie a rope around your leg. Let's look at this. Having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. This is such a life-changing truth right here. And you got to settle this in your heart forever. Jesus took upon himself all the punishment for our sins once and for all. Amen. For the child of God, there is no fear of divine retribution. Why? Because he took the punishment that you and I deserved. And out of the abundance of his love, and watch this now, the abundance of his commitment towards you and I, he took that punishment and placed it on his own son. Man, do we appreciate this? Or do we take it for granted? Do we appreciate the abundance of his love, the abundance of his commitment towards us? And, and you know, it says, it says in Romans chapter five again, in verse six, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man, for a righteous would, man would die, yet, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But watch this, I love verse eight. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, come on, read it with me. Christ died for us. Man. And so it's through the blood of Jesus that we're shielded from the wrath of God that will come upon the earth in the very last days before Jesus returns. People talk now about, you know, you know the judgment of God here and the judgment of God. Are you kidding me? We haven't seen anything. Look, we don't want to be around when, when the wrath of God shows up. My God, people say, well, you know, it's hell on earth. Honey, you ain't seen hell on earth. 
But during that time, it tells us that during that time, men are going to cry out and try to hide from the face of him who's coming. They're going to hide themselves in caves. They're going to pray for the rocks to fall upon them so they would not see the face of him who's coming. And that final outpouring of wrath upon those who rejected and those who refused to believe. Did you reject him? Have you refused to believe? No. So we're justified by the blood of Jesus, covered by his blood. And because of him, we, have, we don't need to fear what's coming on the earth. In the now, we may see some signs of it, and I'm, I'm sure we're probably seeing some things set up already. We might see some of the symptoms, but his wrath is not, is not reserved for his own. That wrath is reserved for those who said, no, we don't want you. We don't want your Jesus. We don't want, your, we don't want that blood. We don't want your word. Psalm 91, verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. Watch this. But it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and behold and see the reward of the wicked. It's the reward of the who? Wicked. wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Read it with me. No evil shall before you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Verse 11, hallelujah, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That is good news. Number two, because of the grace of God, the abundance of his grace. We have been reconciled to God. There is no more war. There are no more walls. There is no more separation between us and God because of the abundance of grace that's found in the Lord Jesus. I'm, my goal is to stir up our gratitude. My goal is to stir up our appreciation. Because, you know, we live in a world that's so difficult, that's so complicated, and our, we get in our routines. And it's so easy to just go about life like a robot and forget about all that Jesus has done for us. And just take it for granted. We've been reconciled to God. Reconciled, brought together. Reconciled, speaks of mediation. Reconciled. There's no more war. There's no more walls. There's no more separation. Man, one of the greatest declarations that was ever heard by the ears of man is recorded for us in Luke chapter 2. The angel of Jesus' birth made an announcement that launched mankind into the age of grace. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. It's our responsibility to make sure that it gets to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I said all of that to get to verse 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, you want to read it with me? Ready? One, two, three, nice and loud. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I want you to do that with me. Read toward men. Ready? One, two, three. Toward men. You're not doing it. One, two, three toward men. Toward men from where? From God. Most of your Christmas cards that you buy are written wrong. It says peace among men. Not yet. 
the angel announced goodwill toward men. From who? God. What was the angel saying? The war is over. The peacemaker has come. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has come. The Savior has come. The Messiah has come. The war is over. The kingdom of God has come to the earth. Man, I hope you catch that. Because let me tell you something, because knowing that Jesus has brought me back into relationship with my heavenly father causes me to want to run towards him, not away from him. Are you catching this? Many times our guilty conscience, that sense of guilt and condemnation that rests upon us when we don't really know who we are in Christ, you mess up, I mess up. The first thing we want to do is we want to run away, not toward him. But when we know that we've been reconciled, when we know that we've been saved from the wrath of God, it causes us to want to run to him. Amen? He's no longer angry with us. And because he's no longer, I'm talking about with his children. He's no, that anger is, has been appeased. It's been satisfied. It's not like he winked and let us get away with it. Nobody gets away with anything. But he took it and he put it on Jesus instead of taking it and put it on you. Amen. That's good news. And for that, we should be forever grateful. And for that reason, we better make sure that we're hearing the truth about this gospel. That we don't let any seed of deceit enter in. That's going to cause you to entertain. Yeah, a lot of truth, a little bit of poison. A lot of truth, a little bit of poison. Sooner or later, that little bit of poison starts to multiply. You've got to get this in your heart. The war is over. Turn to somebody say, the war is over. Number three, because of the abundance of the grace of God. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. 1 Timothy 2, 6. Listen to this one. Well, I'm going to start in verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind. The man, remember what I said before? The man, Christ Jesus. The man, Messiah Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Now, now listen to me. Go get nervous when I said that. I sense that somebody inside went, oh, I don't know just because we are declaring what the word of God says, that Jesus Christ operated as a man in this earth, it does not mean that he is not God. He is God. He always was God. He always will be God. All right, good. I want to get that settled. Let me read it again. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. Look at verse six. This is good news to us. This, is, this should bring comfort to us. This should really reveal the abundance of how much love God has for us, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. And this has now been witnessed to at the proper time. They knew this firsthand. Paul wrote this letter to Timothy. Now, Paul was, did, Paul was not part of the original 12. He wasn't part of the 70. He wasn't part of the 500. He got to see Jesus in his, his, his um, resurrected glory. He got to see Jesus the way Jesus looks in eternity. He never forgot that. But he knew and he spoke to and he hung out with and he fellowshiped with. And he met with those who knew him face to face, who touched him as John said. And John said, we were never the same after that. 
He knew he was God. We understand that only because Jesus offered his life for ours do we have hope of eternal life. We understand that. We are not saved by our works. We are not saved by our good behavior. We are not saved because we put so much money in the offering bucket. We are not saved even because you prayed in tongues for 16 hours. We are saved by his blood. We are saved by grace. Are you listening? And we understand that. But we also know that without the shedding of blood, we would be lost for all eternity. We would be lost. But because I'm in Christ and his Holy Spirit abides in me, my life is affected now. Not in eternity, now. It begins now. Tell us, everybody, I don't have to wait to get to heaven. Go ahead. My life's been affected now. Your life's been affected. If you're a believer, if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, his spirit lives in you, your life has been affected now. You don't need to wait till you take your last breath. We understand that. Let me read you a quote from a book, Who I Am in Christ by Neil Anderson. I don't know if any of you read it. It's an awesome book. I would read it if I were you. I'm reading it for the second time now. To quote, we have been saved through his life. My present life is already alive in Christ. I have spiritual life now. Eternal life is not something we get when we die. We possess it now. I possess everlasting life now. I stepped into it already. Because let me tell you something. If you don't step into it on earth, you ain't never going to step into it in eternity. The decision's got to be made here. You know, years ago, I'm not going to sing, so don't worry about it. But years ago, we used to sing an old song. Okay, I have the life of God in me. I have his love, his nature, his ability. Amen? He loved me so much that he poured himself in me in abundance. You could say the same thing. I don't have a little bit of God in me. I have the fullness of the Holy Spirit in me. Watch this now. I just need to keep myself aware of who I am. Because sometimes, listen, listen, sometimes natural life starts screaming very loud. Natural needs, natural wants, natural desires. And if you're not careful, you'll forget that you have the Holy Spirit in you. If you don't keep yourself aware, or maybe you'll think, man, and the devil doesn't care if you think you got a little bit of the Holy Ghost. I got a little bit of the Holy Ghost. And they say, well, I don't think that way. Oh, yeah? Then how come we think we can't pray for somebody because you didn't spend two hours of praying first? How come you think if God put somebody in front of you, but you just had an argument with your wife or your kid or your husband or something, and now you got the opportunity to witness somebody, you go, no, you know, I'm I'm not in the right place. I remember one time as a young man when we were in Bible school. And in Bible school, we had to preach two, we had the second year, we had to preach two messages. One in the beginning of Bible school, and then you had to preach another one before you graduate in the end of Bible school. So there was a young man, in fact, he was from the Trenton area, New Jersey, all the way out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and he preached, man, he, he didn't just preach a message in the beginning of the year, he ministered to the people. I mean, you could see the power of the Holy Spirit on this young man. So I'm telling you, I was waiting all year. I said, man, if he's like this in the beginning of the year, what's he gonna be like at the end? And so, so uh, I was one of the ones that was chosen to kind of sit on the front row to critique uh, people. You know, it wasn't anything special. It just went, you, 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 you know. You sit on the front row, you take notes. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for this young man. I see him in the class. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Finally, it's the week before graduation. Uh, we were in, in an assembly and together, and I, I walked up to him. I said, bro, I've been waiting to hear you preach, man. He goes, no, I can't. I said, why? 
You did a phenomenal job. In fact, I wrote your name down to call you to come and be a guest speaker when I start my church. He says, no, I can't. I asked to be excused because I'm not in the right place right now. And I went, I didn't, you know, you know when you say something you'd bet I'm thinking, no, because you don't do that. I'm the only one. <laughs> Did you ever catch yourself saying something without thinking? Yes. And I said to him, when the heck was it ever about you to begin with? And walked away and I went, oh man, what I said. But you know what? It was true. It was true. You see, it's those kind of thoughts that we entertain that, that, that show us we don't really believe that we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit in us. We think it's about us. I got to work it up. You know, can I share something with you? I started entertaining a little while ago, maybe about a year ago. I caught myself entertaining. Well, actually, the revelation of what I had been thinking, I caught myself a year ago. That I figured, well, around, around once, I, once I did Wednesday night service, I can maybe coast on Thursday. But Friday, I better start being holy and being living right because I want to have an anointing on me on the weekend. You know what the Lord spoke to me one time? Uh, the anointing for the weekend starts on Monday. In other words, you be ready all the time. Okay? You, you catch? You get what I'm saying? Okay. So, we have that abundant life. It's in us now. It's available to us now. And so Romans chapter 5, again, let me read you this one from the Amplified Version. Amplified Version. What do you think an Amplified Version does? What do you think it does? Amplifies. Very good. You're the Bible scholars here. <laughs> Romans 5, verse 5. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, let me ask this question. If the love of God was poured abundantly in our hearts and the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God and God is love, let you follow me here? So then the Holy Spirit is love. So if the love of God has been poured out abundantly into my heart, then that means that the Holy Ghost brought it with him. And that means that there's an abundance of the Holy Ghost. If I had the abundance of the love of God, then I got an abundance of the Holy Ghost. If I got an abundance of the Holy Ghost, then all I need to do is to rely on him. And I can accomplish an abundance of things for God. I hope you're catching this. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more. Hear it again. Here it is again. Here's that word, much more. Those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will do what? Reign. Not, not reign. Reign. Have rulership. Have dominion. Why? Because God created us that way in the beginning. Go read the first couple of chapters of the very first book of the Bible. He made us in his likeness, in his image, and he gave us dominion, the ability to reign in life through him. Not through us, through him. So those who receive an abundance of grace and a gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. Let me read that to you from the Passion Translation. Wow, this is really good. Death once held us in its grip. By the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now... How much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in one and only Jesus, the Messiah. 
Adam brought into the world an abundance of death. We sinned, brought spiritual and natural death, poverty, fear, sickness, disease. Through his death, Jesus brought an abundance of grace. The grace, and that grace opened up the door to everlasting life, to health, to peace, to righteousness, to prosperity. Prosperity, the ability to prosper. Not prosperity, the ability to fill your pockets. Prosperity, the ability to prosper, the ability to flourish, the ability to demonstrate the abundance of the nature of God. Now listen, I'd like to keep preaching, but I gotta wrap this up. Abundant life is waiting for you now. I'm gonna say it again. Abundant life is waiting for you now. Are you ready to take hold of it? I hope you are. Because abundant life, and many of you have, many of you have, many of you have. And when I say, are you ready to take it? I'm speaking to those who have not yet entered, this, entered into this relationship with God the Father in heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the door to abundant life. There is no such thing as abundant life without walking through that door of salvation. And guess who that door is? John chapter 10, I am the door. I am the door. I am the door. If you're tired of being defeated and beat down, and you're tired of the drudgery of this life, you probably are doing things in your own strength. And he's offering abundant life to you. Now. Now. It's there for, for, your, for your taking. It's there, but it's a gift. You cannot earn it. You can't buy it. You can only receive it. You can only receive it. When, you know, I, I mentioned to you before, when we used to send teams to these apartment complexes, inevitably, inevitably, and we would always tell the teams beforehand, don't you dare take any money. Don't you? Because we knew by experience, when, you, when the people would open up the door and we'd come in and bring these groceries, they'd, they'd go for their wallet because they want to give a donation. No, 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 no. This is a gift. You can't earn it. You take away our blessing if you do that. Receive this as abundance from God. And it's the same way with salvation. I remember one time somebody said, you know, I know I should pray this prayer, but I feel like I need to go clean myself first. Clean myself up first. I said, that's the most ridiculous thing. What do you mean clean yourself up first? You can't know. Where are you going to stop? You can't do it. You let him clean. Let him catch you, and then he'll clean you. You don't clean fish before you catch them, do you? Receive it with thanks. You've you got to receive that gift. Just like you go to a birthday party sometimes, you see people walking in and you go, where's the gift table? It's over there. So you put the gifts over there. But now what do you do? Do you take them home and put them on another table and you keep looking at them? Those are my gifts. <laughs> see how everyone loves me. Look at all those gifts. All those, well, what's in them? I don't know. But they're my gifts. You imagine having a Christmas tree up in your house year after year and the gifts are still underneath there. Look, I just love those shiny bows. I just love that beautiful gift wrap. But what's in it? I don't know. So, so you have to open it. You have to take hold of it. And trust me, you come to my house on Christmas morning with nine grandsons. <laughs> Nobody has to tell them that they got to... It's, it's, a, it's a, 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 a pandemonium 
wrapping paper, bows. I said, what do you even bother decorating these things for? They're just going to rip. Just give it to them in a bag. They're just going to rip it open. (laughs) But they understand this. I can't find out what I really received until I take hold of it and unwrap it. And so, so those of you that are listening to this, that are here, or maybe listening to this online or on YouTube, you need to take hold of this gift of abundant grace. And let me tell you something. If you will just reach forth by faith and take hold of it, the Holy Spirit will help you unwrap it and help you to understand what you've received and help you to understand the depth of the abundance of his love and his grace towards you. But you have to receive it. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You gotta receive it. Father, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that every person that's right now listening Father, would, would, would let the guard drop, would let the barriers fall. I pray for the hardness of heart to be softened in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that every person has never made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, that has never declared with their mouth what they believe in their heart, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus did die on the cross for our sins, and that, Father, that you raised him from the dead. Lord, I pray that you reveal to them that's all they need to believe to receive salvation and abundant life. I pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.